There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Max Carlin. Max, how's it going? I'm doing all right, Ben. How are you? Doing well. Uh, once again, we are joined by our friend Jake Rosen at Jake in the Paint. So, Jake, how's it going? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be back for part two. <laughs> the wait is finally over. Football's in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, uh, so we're going to continue just talking 2021 drafts, um, get into some more prospects and teams and and concepts. So without rambling anymore, let's get into it. Hello, this is Ben and Max recording on Monday, December 14th, um, recording an update about Keontae Johnson, who we discussed in depth on uh, the pod scheduled to come out on Wednesday, but... Uh, obviously, we are not going to be discussing him anymore, given the the current circumstances with with him. So, yeah. So on on Saturday, we had it, we'd initially recorded this this podcast with Jake, this two parter on Friday, but then on Saturday morning uh, during Florida's game against against Florida State, Deontay Johnson, of course, collapsed on the court and was was brought to the hospital. Um, the latest word from Florida when we're recording this uh, came out, I think, on, on Monday afternoon, Monday evening. Um, and it was that, that Keontae is, is um, following simple commands while undergoing further tests, but is still in, in, uh, in critical condition. Um, I think that's the first encouraging word that we've, that we've gotten, uh, which, which is, of course, good. But uh, it's obviously a, a terrifying, truly, truly terrifying and horrific situation. Uh, and so we're not going to be discussing Keontae as as a prospect. We, we've we've edited that portion out. Um, yeah, I mean it's just it's still incredibly hard to process. Yeah. And yeah, we're, just we're, want to be thinking about Keontae the the human and hoping for a speedy and and you know safe recovery for him. So not not going to be discussing him. Um, not going to be including our discussion on on Keontae from our recording or any time in the near future. Um, yeah, before we start, there's NBA basketball in an hour. How wild is that? That's insane. Killian Hayes plays tonight, I think. That's right. That's the only, it's so funny. The the only game I'm excited about is Knicks-Pistons. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be fun. Wow, watch how you talk on my Knicks, Max. Are you excited to watch Ovi? No, I, apparently this is a starting lineup. My friend just sent this to me. Yeah, I thought that was not. I I don't know if it's true. I'm hoping it's not true, but it's probably true. Um. Oh, it's true. It's, oh, it's true. Um, yeah. So that would be Alfred Payton, Alec Burks, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Nerlens Noel. Your 2021 New York Knicks, everyone. Um, it's all right. Cade next year. It'll be it'll – be Yeah, happy. I mean, I'm not sure what I did to my father to deserve the inheritance of the Knicks fandom. <laughs> I might ask him about it every day, why he set me up for this life, but – yeah. What are you gonna do about it? I'm an honorary I'm an honorary Grizzlies fan. The draft the draft sent me over the edge. Um I was very livid 
there may or may yeah. not have been a hole kicked in my wall when they drafted Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, um, yeah. you, you handled that worse than, than I did. No, to be fair, the walls are very, very you, thin. And I had my reaction, <laughs> like, after I did it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, and God, we were also man. on air while the Celtics did this. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. didn't exactly have any walls to kick. Um, <laughs> But yeah, go, Jake was on air for the OB pick. I was actually. on here. I was on air for the OB pick. I listened to myself the next day, and I was just like, "Damn, you sound so like defeated and depressed. Like, at, least, <laughs> at least put on a better face or something." Like, I, I mean, you know, that's that's authentic fandom right there. But I, well, I adopted some Grizzlies stock. And, well, and well, we get to watch OB versus Isaiah Stewart tonight. So. Yes, my okay, dream. Well, well, we, let's let's get back to prospects because prospects can't hurt you. Um, <laughs> well. Well, um, all right. I'll, I'm gonna make Jake choose. Uh, do you want to talk about Scotty first or Trey Man? <sighs> I mean, <laughs> let's talk Scotty. Like, I, it hurts my heart. Like, nothing has ever hurt my heart more than to like have have to be like someone be like, all right, like, look, I'm gonna make you have an honest conversation about Scotty Lewis's prospect because I don't want to have it. Like, I don't want to have it. I want to pretend that Scotty Lewis is great because there is nothing more than for i want him to succeed like i've interviewed i've been lucky enough to go to mcdonald's all american game for the past couple of years and i've been able to talk to even if it's for a brief amount of time like most of these high level prospects and scotty lewis is by far like head and shoulders two tiers above everyone else as like a human being and as a speaker and just like what he stands for. Like, I mean, we see how active he's on social media. Like that stuff is not just like a front on social media. Like he is like that in real life. He is incredibly passionate, so articulate. Like my mom was with me and she walked away and was like, uh, can that guy be like president of the United States? Like we were so infatuated by him. Like I didn't even end up asking him basketball questions. It was like, how are you so passionate about what you do? And just like, I was, I was all about it. And like, Scotty is a great dude and like top tier character from by all accounts, top tier work ethic. But like at some point, it's just like got to come together in the basketball court skill wise. And it really hasn't yet. <sighs> yeah. It's Scotty. Scotty like has always been just like an unbelievable athlete. He still is vertically, horizontally, one of the you know best lateral movers in the class for sure and was in last year's class, um, best vertical leapers in the class, um, just especially offensively. Like really, really like you just don't – there's just nothing there in terms of real value. Like he's not a smart cutter. Um, he's not someone who is, you know, smart attacking off the catch. He makes bone, makes bad decisions attacking off of the catch. Um, and it's frustrating, like you said, because like given like someone who's as good of an athlete as Scotty, he should be a lot better. And the fact that like it seems like he hasn't really improved over a year one to year two is definitely concerning. Um, and then like someone who's always had the problem defensively of just kind of like sticking to the ball. Like he doesn't really notice anything that's not the ball, uh, which leaves him really vulnerable to back cuts and just lapses in judgment. Um, but yeah, like at some point, um, you need someone. You need more than athleticism, and the fact that Scotty just like isn't that big. Like he's not like if Scotty was like six seven, like these concerns would be a lot less less salient. But the fact that he's only like six four or six five. And is this limited in terms of awareness and, and skill um, and decision-making and feel? Is It's concerning. Um, to the point where I was, like, pretty out on on Scotty um, preseason, you know, tentatively, um, you know, around to look for improvements. But at this point, I'm pretty disappointed to not see any real improvement from Scotty, at least in the Florida I've seen this year. Um, yeah, I, he needs a lot of work and all aspects of the game, which is, like you said, unfortunate. Yeah, I think that it's important to remember that, like, the billing of Scotty has always been that he's some special defensive player. And while he does put up crazy stock numbers, um, I think he's, like, pretty bad. Like, he he is, like, comically bad with communication and recognition and just, like, making simple rotations. He really does kind of exists like the only thing is the ball um yeah i think he'll he's always gonna stay relevant in prospect conversations and i I think it's somewhat justifiable 
right? Like he's 6'5", legitimately a special mover, pretty crazy vertical athlete, um, like not a total non-shooter. Um, I think there's something there with him as like a, a guard stopper possibly just because he those movement skills and his, his just focus on the ball. Um, so I think he'll always stay relevant. He'd be much more so if, yeah, if he were built and six seven, then I think he would be very relevant in prospect conversations. But he really is just not very good, um, and he's old for the class. Like, yes, there are physical tools there. And, I mean, Isaiah Stewart just went 16th, seemingly on the strength of being a wonderful guy. Like, if Scotty is the is the person that he seems to be, then I think that there are going to be teams that are going to want to to have him around. Uh, and it's, it's not like a crazy proposition with, with a guy who is like sort of wingy. Um, but yeah, it does not seem like there has been much development there. Yeah, I mean, definitely like mentioning Isaiah Stewart and Scotty in the same sentence, like just brought back some memories. Like in that class, you had Maxi, Isaiah Stewart, and Scotty there. And just, like, the three of those dudes together, just, like, the competitive smiles that, like, uh, having them all in the same gym at once, like, that was so fun. And just, like, I think that was probably the day, like, scouts fell in love with Isaiah Stewart because you just walked away and be like, all right, like, he is, like, the best dude ever. Like, Isaiah Stewart. Like, Scotty is is genuinely And Scotty, too. Scotty is genuinely a guy, like, to root for. Obviously, like, incredibly thoughtful and well-spoken on, on social issues but just that like he is entertaining he yeah. every single time he falls he's, down he doesn't oh, like, yeah. like, like he's yeah <laughs> he's like has so much like fun chaotic energy yeah um, he's and he's such a crazy the highlights are awesome he's such a crazy and reckless vertical leaper that like it really does seem like he is going to get himself or someone else killed on a basketball court um but in like a fun way <laughs> 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 um but yeah I, I i i root for scotty but i i am fairly skeptical of him as as an nba prospect i don't think he i don't think that he'll ever be a total non-prospect just because of his his physical tools and the person that he seems to be but yeah the basketball player is not great yeah no scotty scotty definitely is starting to fall like under like the category for me where it's just like you just gotta appreciate the ambition and like I had this epiphany with Remy Martin last night. Like I was watching an Arizona <laughs> State perfect. game in a very different way, but it's oh, perfect. a completely different way. But like I was like, all right, like Remy, like I've been wanting to tell Remy Martin, yeah, like slow the f down, or like I want to say, like what would happen if we gave Remy Martin like a melatonin and then then made him go play a basketball <laughs> game? Like that would that would be like my I'm so intrigued by that. But like Remy is just like. I was like, all right, I'm gonna. I'm watching a ton. Of, I'm probably realistically gonna watch like 15 Arizona State games. Like, I can't just be like, oh my god, clawing my eyes out at Remy Martin. And like, he had this one play, and I tweeted that I deleted because like, I'm like, I'm not dealing with this tonight. God forbid anyone sees it. But like, he had a play. He drove down the right side. He had Josh Christopher wide open in the right corner. Like, it was the easiest read at, to, in basketball. You drove right, strong side corner, dig too much, and he not only did Remy not pass in the ball, Remy pump faked like gave him like a euro pump fake <laughs> and, and then attempts a cross-court skip pass to the opposite corner that just goes flying out of bounds like <laughs> to no one and i was just like this is remy martin and like i just gotta laugh like you just he, gotta he, laugh he and really really good overseas really. and like when scotty like goes and like someone oh. someone throws scotty a pump fake and he just like slaps the corner the top corner of the back backboard like i'm not even getting mad about it anymore like Scott, you do you scotty like do you remember what skylar made yeah. in his old yes yeah it's scotty <laughs> <laughs> i mean that was the worst clash of styles like triple that was the first for scotty <laughs> pump fake triple <laughs> Dunk for, for skylar Mays. and in only skylar fashion missed the wide open dunk <laughs> I think that's like the most exemplary example. <laughs> that is, God. as the Skyler guy last year, that was his, that's the clip. Yeah. It really is. Uh, should we talk about Trey Mann now, who yeah. has risen from the ashes and is like, I think, a prospect again? Kind of like at the end of last episode, I brought up the fact that like Trey Mann was tall and we kind of just, you know, laughed and enjoyed the fact that Trey Mann was relevant. But I think in a more like, you know, um, 
reasonable discussion we're going to have here. Like, yeah, like Trey Mann is genuinely relevant. Again, um, being six foot five is hugely important for someone like him who it was clear he really lacked the burst to to make the most of his really shifty handle uh, and pull-up game. But now he, you know, theoretically can just shoot over defenders. And we've seen some of that in his first couple of games where that space creation, uh, the, the east-west shake, um, is very much there. Uh, and now when contests are less threatening, um, the the pull-ups and the step-backs have, have looked really good. Um, and then I think the passing has looked much better than I anticipated. I've been really encouraged and kind of surprised by his use of like pretty advanced manipulation on multiple accounts. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure he's done it in every game, which is kind of kind of unbelievable. I think my favorite one was in the, the Stetson game, um, where he like looked off the corner and the the help defender ran to the corner and he like laid it down to Keontae or I don't know if it's Keontae, so somebody. But he's he's been like really advanced with with some of his passes, which I just did not expect and is is a really good sign there obviously are still like concerns the the, the decision making is still pretty bad um the burst is still non-existent he's still weak um so i think as, as a slasher and as a decision maker um he, he has lots uh he has lots to, to improve on and I, I think the defense has been really bad like his 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 first his game against army was probably like the worst five steal game of all time in terms of defense yeah he, he, yeah. he had five and like his length was genuinely impactful in that game. Like he had some moments of, of instincts and length and passing lanes and on the ball, if I recall, uh, yeah. making some nice, just constantly allowing paint touches and penetration and losing his guy, losing his, his man off the ball. There's, there's a lot of work to be done there, but like Trey man is like a relevant prospect again. Um, let's, we, we can all pretend that we ranked Trey man in the lottery this year, not last year. And we look a lot less crazy. Um, but yeah, Trey Man being six foot five is is huge, and it it means that like he's actually um, a prospect who can take advantage of his really useful skills in terms of perimeter shot creation and now in this improved passing. So very intrigued to see how he kind of evolves and maybe adapts to playing with this new frame as the season goes on. Yeah. So Ben, I do want to I want to look I need to look at the Stetson clip that you posted because I was very intrigued by. He had a similar play, and I think it was the Boston College game where he kind of drove down, looked off, the, stared down the corner, and then threw like a no look to the, like a laydown pass. And I am starting to wonder if that was the same like scripted play in their playbook, and that like in practice they've been like, all right, Trey, like you're gonna, he's gonna be splitting the difference, like stare down the corner and then drop it off. So for that particular play, I'm, I'm intrigued to see if that's that's a thing that really gets scripted though. Like maybe, like but oh no, I. I personally, personally, I definitely like if this was if the play is like while Trey is attacking downhill off like a dribble handoff or pick and roll, and while that's happening simultaneously, there's a cross screen for a laydown. I do think it's feasible for someone or maybe himself to be like, all right, these are I've seen this play before. These, this is I have two two teammates and one defender. This is what I have to do, and I'm not discounting that. It's just like worth noting. However, what I will say from the playmaking, and I know you've probably seen this too because he's done it multiple times, is like his ambition, like fitting the ball into tight windows, has been pretty impressive to me. Um, it's happened multiple occasions. Like he's had a couple of live dribble where he'll just like kind of like flip it in there, and like we've talked, we you guys have talked about this a ton, and like I've preached it, like that split second where you're throwing it right from your dribble, right, like you're just going right from your dribble and throwing the pass and not picking it up, like that's for that that window closes once you pick it up and his ability um to do that and showcase that live drill passing ability while also being six five is definitely intriguing um and there's another one where you kind of like saw a pick and roll and there was like the tag defender and the trail defender and kind of put the ball like threaded the needle into that window so i mean definitely some intriguing playmaking things for him he is a real bag when it term, comes to like shot creation. Like it's not just okay. I'm gonna drive. I see you, and I'm gonna step back. Like there were multiple plays where it's like double cross between cross again, step back, hezzy. Like he will throw out like three, four, five combos, and like maybe that's just like oh Trey, you really need four combos to like shake your defender, and that's a conversation. It's a different conversation, but from a pure like space creation and just handle and combos at his disposal it's very impressive and i'm most intrigued like i'm most i think he needs to be a high level shooter um i I, like defensively he's very clearly going to be a negative um he's not 
I have in my notes basically like his length is very his length can be disruptive. Um, I think he knows how to get in passing lanes. He can get deflections on the ball, but beyond that, it's, it's tough. Like off the ball, he's not a loose side of his man, like you mentioned, Ben. And he's not. He I have in my notes that he missed like a, he misses a lot of rotations. Like I think he's very used to playing like guarding ones. He's guarded once his entire life. So normally you're not worrying about tagging the role and helping the helper and dropping down um, to cut off like the the lay down to the big man. And you're just not used to that. And I, I think nothing about his game screams like quick processing and super intelligent. So I think it's going to definitely take an adjustment for him to be like, okay, you're six, five. Now you're going to be guarding some guys in the corner. These are your rotations that you're expected to make on a consistent basis. Um, I think just he's always been an offensive minded player who kind of just guards ones. And when he's not on the ball, it's whatever. Um, and I think that's definitely something to notice and might be a, a point of progression for him throughout the year. But as of now, it's not very good. So for him, I, uh, he's very fun. It's great to have him back um, to make it really like we're, I, I'm pretty in on him as like a first round guy at this point, like just right now based on what he's done. But to really make it worthwhile where I'd be like, OK, this guy is a get like I really want to see how good of a shooter he is and how versatile he is. Yeah, with him, like. To, to your point about needing so many dribble moves, like he 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 does, like he he still does not look bursty. I don't think he's quite learned yet how to play while being a like a big guard. Like he doesn't quite take advantage of that yet. Though there is some of that. There there is some like I'm gonna try to initiate a little contact, and then I'm bigger than you, and I'm just gonna shoot a little push shot over oh. you. Like there. So I think I know exactly what clip you're talking about, Max. Yeah. And I literally labeled it Trey Man not knowing he's six five. Like he yeah. he drove down, gave like a little bump, paused for a second, was like, "Oh, I can just rise up over you. Like this is cool." And like I think if, if that clip should be labeled, someone told Trey Man he's six <laughs> five, and he's trying to figure out what that actually means. Yeah. Um. But if he does figure out what that actually means, then he does get interesting on on how he can use that especially like inside the arc i think that there there is something there because he's he's not going to be a guy who's who's blowing by people although he will some with with shiftiness and and the threat of his pull-up but he is a guy who's going to need to sort of generate those big guard shots on the interior and and hopefully he can learn to do that because it's not something he's always been able to rely on um but there's just a very fun smoothness to him that he like Mm -hmm. That I think that's part of what is what made him so intriguing as a, as a high school guy, as like a real nuclear shooting prospect, is that it was so smooth and so quick. And of course, the the touch there with with the touch skill there with passing does make him intriguing as a guy who can who can handle some some on ball stuff. Um, I think it, I think the smoothness just very much shows up when he like breaks out a dribble move and then it's some like really nifty footwork into a tough leaner or something like that. Like it, he's he is a really fun uh, aesthetic to him, mm-hmm. but there the, a lot of the flaws are still there. Like he's not bursty. Um, the decision making is really poor. Yeah, that army game, that is the worst possible defensive game you could have while having five steals. Like, like the his length really mattered, and yet there were so many bad gambles and missed rotations and flyby contests. It was not good. It was like in fact distinctly terrible while having five steals. That said, like if you're going to be a distinctly terrible defensive player, like having those couple of plays a game where you do actually end a possession and it's a live ball turnover. And you can get running is is a nice way to mitigate that, but like ideally, you also just wouldn't be a terrible defender. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm also I'm also just curious to see like playing against better competition because for sure in that army game, like I know he had one one blow by that I can remember, and it was just because of of like really poor defense and then no rotation on the backside. Like I'm curious to see how one-dimensional he looks against better competition against like actually coordinated defenses where there are rotations you have to beat multiple defenders i can't wait to see him play against keon and jane springer <laughs> yeah oh god oh that could get ugly um but yeah i'm i'm curious to see how he, how he does against better defenses uh i also do i still need to watch the boston college game which i've heard was was quite the performance but i have not yet seen 
Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad that this is a thing again because Trey Mann is is very fun aesthetically and an actual prospect. Um, and, and and like like I think fits in with that that mold of guy that that Jake wanted us to talk about. Where no, he's not the the absolute heart of your of your offense. He's not. He can't create for others in that way. He he's not reliable as a decision maker in that way. But if he does have versatility as a shooter, and has this ability to to work a little on the interior um, and can self-create jumpers and then can make some plays with his length. Like that is a, that's an interesting player. No, a hundred percent. And I, I mean, he was, I, I didn't talk about him initially cause I knew we were going to get to him later, but he's also like, he pretty much epitomizes like this very thin margin for error. Like my first thought was like, Oh my God, Trey Mayan six, five. Like that means he can like his stand still bursts. Like that issue is going to be mitigated a little bit. He can go off ball more. However, like one that puts a lot more pressure on the level of shooter he's going to be. And I think that was always bound to happen if he was going to be a real prospect. But two, like we're talking about the defensive side of the ball. I'm really not comfortable with him guarding anyone but ones at, at the NBA level. Just like he's not guarding anyone. <laughs> but, yeah, but like that's when you say like he's not going to be guarding ones. Like I guess the best path for Trey Mann as a defender is like you stick him on a one and you're just like, all right, Trey, like move with your wingspan, like at full effect at all times. And like, just try to disrupt with length and like do the best you can. However, like if he's going to be that detrimental on defense and the offense, like, isn't like, that's what we talk about. You need to decide like what's really worth it with, with these complementary guys. And I think it's a different set of evaluations and different type of questions that you have to ask yourself, but you do still have to ask yourself a lot of questions. It's not as simple as, and that's what I want to like, preach to everyone that's listening um is that just like it's not as simple as oh trey man's a really good shooter and he can create like just because um you can play multiple creators like just stick them on the outside like that's not really the best lineup maximization if you're gonna like stick trey man off the ball you know because then he can't dribble as much like that's really where his value is derived by so he's really really interesting to me um i hope he shows some life as like a team defender because i think that's like his best avenue is going to be playing like as a team defender off the ball and using length, uh, but we'll see. He is a long way to go in that regard. Yeah, he's he's one of the guys that I'm now like most curious to see how his season. Yeah, unfolds. I, yeah. I mean, I think there could be real like improvement. We see that's 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 um that's useful because he is like adapting to play in a whole new body. Yeah, and role which, like, a new role as well, especially defensive. Yeah, I mean, you can't understate like how how difficult that must be play just like complete physical change that you know changes how you have to approach the game so yeah i'm very intrigued to track trey man going forward all right should we move on to from one florida school to another with scotty barnes yeah let's talk about another confusing scotty um in in scotty barnes who is playing a very interesting role at florida state which is kind of more analogous to his uh role at with night riders and uibl where offensively he's kind of playing lead ball handler, which has not been not been good to, to to say the least. the The concerns with scoring are very real with Scotty Barnes. Um, he he really cannot generate open shots, almost to like kind of a comical extent at times. Where um, in UIBL he was you know kind of playing as the, the primary for his team, was able to generate some some solid looks using strength and touch and a pretty decent handle for his size, and especially versus the the guys that. Um, were guarding him, but he just cannot beat anyone with his lack of burst, and he's not strong enough at this level to 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 rely on strength like someone like K does. Doesn't have the handle, um, and he just hasn't been hitting um really the, the tough touch shots, except for at the end of that Indiana game where um, <laughs> he did um in, in the big moments. But yeah, the offense has been really concerning. Um, um, I mean, he has been like somewhat willing as a shooter. He's taken some pretty tough like difficult spot ups. Um, which I've enjoyed his willingness to to take some shots and take a few pull ups, even if um, the shot has has not looked good. He's taking four and a half threes per hundred at the moment, which I think is a pretty solid number for someone like Scotty. Um, and then like the passing has been there and a little bit just because he's you know he, his passing is going to be best off off the ball. But Scotty is another one of these prospects that you see his height really lends well to opening passing windows that aren't accessible to smaller players really adept at hitting skips over the top um, and threading, you know, kind of um, 
threading uh, laydowns and, and wraparound passes into windows that are pretty tight and inaccessible to a lot of other players. Obviously, Scotty's a genius passer, um, manipulator. The vision's incredible. So offensively, I mean, I definitely think we this offensive struggle was to be expected, assuming he was put in this role. And then defensively, it's been interesting as well as he's kind of like he's played at the top of their like switch everything defense where he, he really is switching everything. And I think that's lended um, good and bad to how Scotty Barnes has showed off really impressive mobility and ground coverage um, as we kind of expected from him. But also like quite a few miscommunications and, and, and mishaps defensively as well, I think, which I kind of expected less, but I'm sure adjusting to a new role is playing is playing part of it. Um, it it's just so fascinating to watch a prospect who like this is gonna be nothing like his NBA role. Mm-hmm. Like like absolutely nothing like it and just trying to see what you can take away from it. Um, because uh, again, like I feel like no matter what happens this this season with Scotty, it's like it's not a situation where I'm gonna lower on him as much as I would for other prospects because you just know he's being wildly overextended. Um, and yeah. I think that definitely fixes to where maybe um, shout out to Raekwon Gray, who probably should be initiating most of their perimeter offense um, as opposed to Scotty Barnes. He's he's a king and a treasure. Um, but yeah, um, it's it's certainly an interesting case with Scotty. Um, again, like it's been like his first game was against like a terrible team, and then Indiana was a good test as well. But um, I'm just fascinated to see how how he continues to progress offensively, most m- mostly uh, see how he continues to progress for the rest of the season. The wait is finally over. Football's in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. The holidays are here. Have you made your wish list yet? Our sponsor today has the number one wished-for gift of the year. Manscaped, the best in men's below and above-the-belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure that you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with their new performance package. The Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says, your balls will thank you, with the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person could find. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Look guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? This bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. So I've watched the overtime. Um, I was tuned in for gambling purposes, not necessarily scouting. And so I haven't really taken any like hardcore evaluations of Scotty so far. But even without me really thoroughly watching, like seeing Scotty as the lead ball handler for an ACC team going up against another Power Five comp, like team, it wasn't going to look good, and it was never going to look good. Um, and just knowing like Scotty and watching him at all, like all three levels where it, I've, I've seen him at FIBA, I've seen him in AAU, I've seen him in high school. And this is going to be, I think, outside of maybe the G League guys, because I don't know if I'm going to see their face for an entire year. Um, Scotty is going to be my toughest evaluation because it's basically like, okay, you're showing me an entire season and an entire body of work, but almost none of it on the offensive end is going to be directly applicable to what you're going to be doing at the next level. Um, he's never going to carry this load of creation. I, he's not going to carry any load of creation, really. I mean, I see him as a linking for who is just going to use his intelligence to kind of connect everyone. And hopefully he shoots and then it goes from there. Um, the, the shooting is really what I'm most like interest, interested in. Like I'm keeping tabs on the most because I think that's like the thing that's correlated to his success at the next level, given that he is a true four. Um, 
I, I mean, I'm, yeah, it's fun and it's an interesting experiment. But I, if Florida State wants to wants to win games, I'm not sure if it's like that advantageous for them to just say, "Yeah, Scotty Barnes, roll the ball out," because like there's inevitably inevitably going to be a lot of speed bumps there, and I'm not sure if they're like it's like a oh, it'll come with experience, it'll come with comfort as he gets more reps. Like I, I just don't think he's capable um, from an athletic standpoint. I don't think he's bursty enough, and from a handle standpoint, I definitely do not think it is viable enough to be uh, a point guard and creating yeah. all the offense. Um, it's just not necessarily. He's just not made for it, and he's overextended. Um, so I'm be super interested to see, like, ultimately most college um, basketball teams' goals to win games. And I would assume that when they start to get into ACC play and teams can really start scheming and sagging and pressuring him in areas where he gets rattled, uh, I think we're definitely going to see a lot of negative effects there. Maybe not necessarily negative for his development, but – Again, if Florida State's going to be competitive, and I know they do want to be, they're one of the premier college basketball programs in the country, um, I think that they definitely might run into some conflict of interest there. Yeah, I haven't watched a full FSU game either. Um, I do think that, like, much in the in the way that Moses Moody was, like, kind of obviously good, it might have been a little obvious that this Scotty thing wasn't going to work out because you just really have to scrutinize how a guy scores. And that doesn't have to be you know self-created, but you need to have some way to score the basketball, uh, whether that's just shooting catch and shoot shots or being a guy who can really slash, like you need some way to threaten the defense. And Scotty just really doesn't have that. Like if, if he had even Jalen Johnson level finishing where he could elevate at all or had any sort of finishing craft. Um, he would be much more interesting, but he, he really doesn't have any way to threaten uh, scoring the ball. And that's always kind of been the case, except when he's just been, you know, a, a six, nine point guard who can just go straight through people who are, you know, in, in just no, nowhere comparable to him physically. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a little concerned that it just like doesn't make sense despite him being so intelligent and, and really, really good defensively. Like from, from what I have seen, like, so his defensive movement, like still looking really good moving with guards is really encouraging because that I think it was like one of the, one of the developments that I saw in his senior year that was really impressive that, that not only was he a monster team defender, but that he also was like really kind of locking people up. Every, like everyone, and we're talking big time prospects too. Um, yeah, his ground coverage is ridiculous. Like, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I'm concerned. I'll, like, I'll, I'll actually watch some full games, but um, yeah, this this might be like the kind of the best way to expose that offensively doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. All right, I think that's all we have. Um, so I think we can move on to our catching eye guys. Yeah. Yeah, I'll start with mine. Um, Keon Johnson and, and Jaden Springer play basketball. Uh, Springer didn't do very much, so I'm going to talk about Keon, who was really awesome defensively. Um, he, as kind of expected, was like super overwhelming as a lateral mover. His his his, his lateral burst, mirroring, changing directions on the ball, like bumping, bumping and taking bumps and staying upright and keeping his hands up. All of it was like really good. It was. It was overwhelming off the ball. He, he was active on on stunts and, and and digs. He denied the ball on on handoffs. He had a couple like digs um, on on dribble handoffs and, and drives where he where he, where he'd get steals and enforce turnovers. Just his you know positioning and spatial awareness, which has always been the thing with Keon. Really, aside from his you know all world athleticism, it was it, it was awesome. It, it was a really great defensive performance. And then like offensively, he just like pretty quiet and, and didn't have much of a role. Um, but like he looks good in his off-ball movement, hit a nice pass middle off of a closeout, hit a, a nice-looking pull-up jumper as well. Seems to again the the the, the jumper mechanically has definitely made improvements um, from his last AAU season to high school, and those improvements have seemed to stick. As that that one pull-up jumper looked pretty nice. Um, I think he's going to get more comfortable on offense as 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 the season goes on. I mean, he's too athletic and smart not to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was 
nothing like incredibly special, but the defense was really awesome. And I'm just excited to see um, him with a hopefully more increased offensive role in the near future. Yeah. Um, I can get, do you all, I have a bunch of guys. I don't do this every week like you guys do. So I, I got to have a bunch of guys to get off my chest. Um, do you want me to do these all at once or I do yeah, one? Power, power through all of them. Power through all of them. Yeah, I have all a right. couple more after, but okay, go, perfect. go for um, it. All right, so I'm going to start with Bones Highland. Um, I was a big fan of him coming into the year. We love it. Um, yeah. Just like he's 6'3", but like never-ending arms. I'm, I'm sure some of that might be like an illusion because he has no muscle on those arms and skinny guys tend to look lengthier. But I actually do think like he is has a very large wingspan or long wingspan, um, which makes his shooting production and like projection really intriguing um has an insanely quick trigger is comfortable off the bounce comfortable off full movement and he like had an outburst the other night uh started off 0 for 4 from 3 and finished 7 for 12 um a lot of he's just quick trigger deep range he had one filthy sidestep um that was from deep um and he's also much burstier than before which is a big thing for him uh, he has really good body control around the rim, and he's very crafty, again, using that length to finish. Um, he's very inefficient around the rim right now because, again, he's very slender frame. But um, if you believe in – and, again, I'm not qualified to see how much more muscle he can put on. Um, if there isn't – if there is someone who was incapable of adding muscle, it would probably be him. But uh, I do think if he adds muscle there, he can be – pretty productive based on his craft finishing craft um the skill the sheer skill he has and then now the newfound burst to get to the rim so i'm intrigued by him also a very good team defender uh, i'm going to look for more passing as season goes on but definitely a good showing from him last night uh my second guy is jeremy roach um uh, a guy who i thought just a true point guard who i thought has been underrated in draft circles coming into the year uh was, I've seen him play since he was a freshman in high school and watched his game develop and grow. And basically with Roach, yes, he's undersized and is not a crazy athlete, but I think I actually think after the ACL tear, um, he's more explosive than he was before, just getting in and out of ball screens, exploding downhill. And with him, you're just getting a really, really smart and skilled point guard. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a star. I don't think he has star upside. But in terms of someone who can be a positive contribute, can contributor in the league for a, a very long time, I think Roach kind of fits the bill. Uh, he wasn't really given the opportunity to create or do much in the crowded Duke uh, lineup or rotation, we should say. But against Illinois, I think he kind of found himself, got himself into a rhythm, was much more aggressive driving downhill, had a couple of nice uh, deliveries to back doors, kept his, had a good head on his shoulders, made some of those like typical roach plays, whether it was in digs or just at, at the point of attack, just being disruptive. Um, just a very positive impact player, and I'm hoping he can kind of build on this and find a rhythm for himself, whether that's – and of course needs the opportunity from the coaching staff with the minutes and – the touches, but again, I think we got to see some of his ability there moving forward. And that my last guy is David Johnson. Um, I admittedly didn't watch ton of David Johnson last year because it was pretty clear he didn't have enough steam to enter. Uh, so I didn't really pay attention to him much and watch a ton of film going into the year. And I was absolutely blown away. I watched a West Kentucky game and it was one of the best guard defensive performances I've seen in a long, long time. Um, I think David Johnson kind of fits the bill for that archetype we were talking about before as a complimentary piece. And it certainly helps that he's 6'5", with, again, never-ending arms. And with David Johnson, uh, a very intelligent basketball player, and that's on both ends, defensively and offensively. He's a great passer. He always knows how to find the tight window. Um, with him, his limitations kind of stem from, like, he's not going to create a ton of advantages as a ball handler. It doesn't have great blow by speed or, or handle, whatever. And the shooting has been has limited him in the past. It actually looks uh, better, and I know Ben posted a clip of him hitting a pull-up three, which was really good to see. He's stepping into these catch-and-shoot threes with, with relatively good confidence from what I've seen. Um, that's definitely – he's going to need to make a certain amount of them for me to buy it, but the fact that he's taking them at a much higher rate than he was before is intriguing in its own right. And, again, just talking about look, like – he doesn't fit any archetype, really, maybe three and D guard, but again, not much of the three. But again, we're just talking about a really good basketball player who's going to find a way to impact the game because he's so intelligent and super skilled. So David Johnson um, has instantly become one of the players that 
I, I'm kind of addicted to watching just because it's so fascinating to see like what he's going to do and what play he's going to make and what read he's going to make. Um, but yeah, he's incredible. And Louisville's a ton of fun between him, um, Carly Jones and Dre Davis. So yeah, those are my catch guy guys. Yeah. Uh, we did the bones rim watch um, on the first episode uh, of our 2021 stuff. And it seems like that's kind of held up. Um, he's up to, um, where is it? Uh, 23 rim attempts um, in total um, over whatever, five, six games. Uh, only, f- yeah, five, six games. Um, I don't have the exact number in front of me. Uh, you know, f- took it's, six, it's six games. Six games, 50 rim attempts, 55, I think, last year. So it seems like this this jump in, in rim frequency is legit, which, again, is is huge, as, as we outlined in the past. Yeah. And then one, one yeah. more... Yeah, one more quick note on like I think we can all agree he's like somewhat underwhelming as a passer for someone who's six three. But what I'm looking for the rim like frequency and pressure to do is kind of make these reads easier for him. Like we've always said that the more you like none of these reads, like when Peak Rep Peak Westbrook was like just dishing out ten assists a game, like none of these reads were super crazy because he was getting downhill, drawing a defender, and reading the help, reading the next one. Um, and with Bones, I think a lot of the freshman stuff with him just not really making any noteworthy passes was because he wasn't moving the defense. Um, he was mainly just a spot up shooter who was gonna make it like do his thing that way. Now, I mean, there was a clip off the top of my head, like he literally just ripped, drew the rim protector, and the the like help the helper wasn't quick enough. So he lobbed it up and it was an easy dunk. Like that's a prime example of how this added burst and newfound rim frequency and just pressure of being there in general. No, is he, he's not making the shots right now and eventually he will need to, but in the short term, I'm looking for that like act of him actually being there and moving the defense and drawing them to maybe give him some easier reads and improving as a playmaker, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with, with, with all of these things, and, and like you said, he is an exceptional team defender as well, which you can debate how much that matters as a skinny 6'3 guy, but he mm-hmm. is he is exceptional. He is a prolific shooting prospect. Yeah. Like he, he was obviously a, a very good shooter last year, but just didn't play as much, so the volume was a little bit lower. He was he was you know, still pretty prolific there, um, and I, I believe has a really strong track record as a shooter. But he's getting up 8.2 three-point attempts a game this year, 16 per 100. That's like ridiculous. There aren't yeah of that volume. Uh, like he really is a prolific shooting prospect. Um, and so to be a guy who's like bursty, intelligent, and like like has some shiftiness while being a really prolific shooter, even while being six three and skinny, like I there are very much things to bet on there. Um. And like we talked about with the finishing, like it's concerning. He he can't elevate. Um, he's a really bad finisher. Like like it's it's awesome that he gets to the rim. Bad things tend to happen when he gets there, but uh, getting there is is so much of the battle. Um, and he is a guy who's demonstrated to be smart elsewhere. Um, but yeah, like he he's a really interesting prospect to me, and and I I loved him coming into the year, but he kind of keeps getting more interesting to me just because. He really is a prolific shooter, um, and to have those other skills that like they're currently they currently don't coalesce that well, but like conceivably could come together in something very valuable. Yeah, uh, that sixteen threes per hundred number is ridiculous. Yeah, he gets, he gets him up. I think the only um, unless I'm, I'm quick in the Bart database, the only drafted prospects, I think since like 08 or 07 to hit 16 threes per hundred are Carson Edwards, Isaiah Joe and Steph Curry. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking right now at the high major guys and in the Bart database, there are only 16 of them. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I should look at the draft. Yeah. It's a very low. There aren't, there aren't a lot of people who get off that many threes. Yeah, and with and with Bones, that's what I really like, honestly, and I think it speaks to how advantageous his mechanics are and the release, and it just it's so good. And versatility. Versatility, yeah. yeah. Because like, he's really – off the move. I, I mean, his handle is, like, fine, but, like, in terms of a space creator, he's not a Trey man. Like, he doesn't even do some of the stuff like we see Josh Christopher doing. Like, he's not just he, – he just is – I think it really speaks, and you'll, if you guys watch, like you don't even have to like the whole game. I would not recommend to anyone. It was a very, very, very bad basketball game, but 
and I kept like he he was so slow, and I was like like getting going, and I was like, am I like did they mess up the stats? Like, there's no way he gets thirty points in this game, and then like the barrage just started, and he, he was just bombed. bombs, oh, he absolutely bombed, bomb. and like he was bombing when he was missing them, and then like they started to fall, and it was like three or four straight possessions where it was like I'm gonna catch it and I'm gonna get it off because there's nothing you can do about it, and like the window in which he needs to get a shot off is. It's I'm very, very nutty. Like, it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I was just gonna say, like, just like he just shoots like a lot of, like he just shoots a really good ball. Like when it goes in and it just doesn't touch the rim, like I, it's cle- it sounds cliche, but like he shoots a great ball. The arc, like I, that's one of my like li- favorite little details. Like when someone shoots the ball. And it go, it's like their arc is so high, it goes off the screen. Like I, I just find that like fascinating sometimes. And like Bones does that all the time. Like the ball, his his ball flight is great in the air. Gets, I'm assuming it gets great rotation because it gets great results. And just the versatility and the sheer volume, like it, it's very impressive. He's the most impressive shooter in the class to me right now, and um, it's up to someone else to take that title from him. I'm just letting you know. I'm putting it out there for the record, like. The first Emmanuel quickly Bones Highland comp I see because they're both six three shooters. Like I will find you, and I I will slander your profile. So like just for your own like, don't do it. Just don't do it. Like there's a lot more to Bones as a shooter, both right now and in the future. And I love IQ. He, he's on my team now, so I have to root for him. And I actually. Um, ben would be in my mentions a lot last year that I liked Emmanuel quickly too much. So I think it's kind of funny now that I'm talking about him like this. But yeah, just don't do the Bones Emmanuel quickly thing, please. Yeah, I am curious to see where the Bones shooting numbers end up because he he has real like this this could be one of the better prospect shooting seasons that we get. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like I mean he's currently at 8.2 a game and shooting almost 39 percent. Yeah, 38.8 percent. He he has a, a real chance to be one of those absolutely bonkers Jamal Murray, Steph Curry, Isaiah Joe seasons. Also, it's um, like gonna have more free throws than he had before, and is gonna be very good on those. Yep. Yeah, I mean, st- still like not exactly a guy who gets to the line very often. No, but um, but yeah, I look the combination of rim frequency and like having a non-Isaiah Joe rim frequency while having Isaiah Joe three point uh proficiency is, yeah. is something it's really yeah. fascinating to see uh, like a prospect with like isaiah joe like three-point proficiency and an isaiah joe frame with like this with this room pressure it's 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 so fun i love it this is my favorite thing we can praise him and be like yeah like bones already shot more free throws than he did last year and he's shooting 2.7 a game because he shot 24 free throws total last year in 30 <laughs> games like yeah, yeah 31 games you, you gotta respect it and know you know yeah. your game yeah, <laughs> but look, he's at he's at twenty three percent half court rim frequency. Mm-hmm. Granted, he's shooting forty three percent there, but like that's a that's a real number. Like a, a lot of the kind of middling lead guard prospects in the last few drafts have like would kill for a twenty three half court. Oh, hundred percent. But and uh, what I will say with Bones is, I actually do think how far he gets in his physical development like ever is, is to be determined. I'm certainly not qualified to speak on how much weight he can put on. I'm not even talking about the explosion. Like I think the explosion is kind of like dead in the water, but we don't really see guy. Like, I don't think bones is all of a sudden going to be like getting the league and start punching it on guys. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah, He's not going to look like Donovan. Mitchell. No, no. <laughs> like he, he's not going to do like the Kennedy Chandler poster dunk that like he just did the other night. Like, he's, some guys haven't, some guys don't. So However, much. I do think given his, like, I was infatuated with him as a finisher last year because of his body control and the ways he could contort himself. And like, that was before he was even like getting bursty and being able to get by primary defenders. Now that he's able to actually like get there and then he still kind of has these like contortion and craft methods. Like, yes, he's very, he's definitely too reliant on like inside hand finishes and scoop finishes right now um, because of where his physical profile is at. However, I do think it's fair to project that his rim efficiency is basically directly correlated to his physical development. And like, that is something if the shooting numbers hold up to what they are right now, um, that's something I'm going to bet on at, I don't know what number, but at, at some point that's a worthy bet to me. 
one last note on Bones um, and your fun fact of the day is that um, Bones half court rim percentage is less than a percent less than Anthony Edwards. So mm. <laughs> do, with, do with that information. You will. Anthony Edwards freshman season at Georgia, the gift that we'll keep on giving. All right. So Max, was there anyone you want to talk about? Um, the only guy I wanted to quickly uh, mention was Rondell Walker at Oklahoma State, who <laughs> is a lot of chaotic energy. Uh, and there was a period in that um, old Roberts, Roberts game, game yeah. where he just like started taking the ball from people on multiple <laughs> possessions in a row. A uh, lot of chaos there. A lot of bad stuff comes with the good, but uh, entertaining. Um, on an Oklahoma State team where where the supporting cast is not necessarily the most enjoyable, uh, seeing something I wouldn't even say noteworthy, just entertaining from from non Cade players was fun. Yeah, he's he's interesting. <laughs> not even noteworthy. <laughs> oh no. I mean, it was he he did like just rip the ball from. The no, no, it's just so funny. Like our expectations for the non-Cade players on Oklahoma State. Like I'm in a group chat and people like they think I'm the college basketball guy because I mean we do watch a, a lot of college basketball. And they're like who, like asking for picks and I don't tell them Oklahoma. It's the Cade Cunninghams, whatever the line is. Like it is not the Oklahoma State Cowboys. It is the Cade Cunninghams. Yeah. So, last quick, guys. Um, Wisconsin, uh, shout out Jake. With Wisconsin freshman Johnny Davis. Hey, go Badgers. Uh, another uh, Ross Homan guy. Um, all of the Ross Homan guys are good. Um, go follow Ross. He's like a six foot four, pretty well built guard who stood out to me against Marquette. Like some pretty impressive moments defensively. Really, really mobile and and smart positionally, offensively pretty bursty as well and has a nice pull-up game and talking to Ross seems like you know those are things that he definitely has like the the pull-up the the burst the 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 defensive mobility also someone who is supposedly produced at every level um and someone who's like the fact that he's getting playing time on like an old Wisconsin team as a freshman is 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 nice to see so just uh, a pretty solid freshman who I'm tracking and then Kessler Edwards who is a prospect that I liked a lot coming into the year. I I had him in my top 60 um, as just like somebody I was tentatively interested in tracking. But he looks really, really good to start the year. Always been like an awesome mover and team defender um, and a fairly smart player on offense. But he his shooting seems to have improved, at least volume-wise. Um, obviously a small sample, but he's increased his uh, three-point attempts for 100 um, to 10.7, like which is a, a Four a four a four a four per hundred increase from last year, and he's shooting um, a lot more long twos. Um, again, small sample theater as well. But if the, if the volume um, kind of continues, which is one of my main concerns with with Kessler Edwards, just like where's the shot level off, and is he good enough offensively to really stick in the league? But if the shot is legit, like I think he has like kind of like an outside first round case because he is a really awesome defender at six foot eight. Um, so yeah, Kessler Edwards also just like he and Colby Ross are one of the best duos to watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll make a quick note on like Johnny Davis just because uh, I actually haven't watched a ton of us, even though they are my team. I, wow. I kind of I kind of refuse to watch them. It's not really my brand of basketball that they play that I watch by choice. However, um, I was with some of my college friends and we were watching the Marquette game. And, you know, they're all infatuated with these fifth-year seniors. And I'm just like, yo, get, get Johnny Davis in. Like, let me see something, Johnny. Like, I'm, like, still, like, the draft analyst in me. And Johnny was, like, really good. Not, e- not even from, like, a prospect, um, like, projecting forward kind of thing. Like, he got in that game and was productive and did Johnny Davis things. Uh, we talked about strength and touch, the combination of, like, strength and touch and those playing off of each other with, like, regards to Keontae. And I think Johnny Davis is another one of – those guys that fits in that camp um like a big bodied off guard and who can really like get into his defender but then certainly has like buttery touch on these pull-ups and floaters um i'm intrigued to see like what an increased role looks like for him as like a real shot creator and what the whatever those reps look like but um it looks like wisconsin is going to play through the post until further notice so it, it might be sophomore season for Johnny Davis, but nonetheless doing some really intriguing things and making my basketball team more watchable. Yeah, he's pretty good. I think that's all we've got. Um, so a little long ones, but uh, a, a, a fun few episodes. Again, thank you to Jake for coming on and sharing 
his, his knowledge and, you know, ha- ha- having a good episode with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Jake in the paint. Once again, Jake, is there anything that you want to plug um, for this episode? No, I mean, again, I, I gave a little shout out to the speed, uh, the piece I wrote on processing speed and at the end of part one. So I'll plug that again. It's, it's uh, in the thread of my pinned tweet. So just go check that out there. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake in the paint. My website is shakingthepaint.com. All my pieces are on there. Um, you can go give that a look. And again, huge shout out to you guys. Thank you for having me. This was a ton of fun. Um, I'm going to, I always listen to prep to pro throughout the weeks. So now I'm going to be forced to listen to myself talk again. So I don't know how, I don't know how that's going to go, but um, to everyone listening, thank you. Keep supporting Max and Ben. They're smart dudes and they do a lot of good work. Yeah. So that's all we've got for, for you this week. Uh, as always follow the pod on Twitter at prep number two pro pod and follow Max at Max A. Carlin on Twitter. Follow me at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore. Um, and with all of that, we will see you next week.